Hello, hello, hello. These are your hosts, Satir and Tappan, and this is Cold Brew Money. We talk about money because your friends and family won't. Hi, Atit. How are you doing? Good, good. How are you? Happy Diwali, Atit. Happy Diwali. Happy Diwali. We and are... happy Diwali to all the listeners who celebrate as well. Yep. How, how was your Diwali? Did you do anything apart from going to your friend's place and doing a potluck? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, we we actually didn't do that this year. Uh, um. Yeah, we just went out uh, to a restaurant. Pretty okay. much, we went to like Honest. Um, oh, Honest Pau Bhaji, love it. Yeah, yeah. Wait, it's in Pittsburgh as well. Uh, no, it's in uh, in Maryland, uh, near okay. Baltimore. So yeah. we drove down there, uh, met up a few friends there. Yeah, just yeah. Ate like when, giant Pau Bhaji after so long. Like my God, yeah. When when I was living in Jersey City, I used to order from Honest Garpe delivery, good Pau yeah. Bhaji, and then. Yeah, they had a lot of good stuff. Um, and every time anyone visited, we used to take them there if they wanted like pow bhaji or something like that. Right. Um, cool. What else? Elon Musk is doing a poll to sell ten percent of his net worth in Tesla. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I mean, the idea behind it was uh, to pay taxes. Right? He's not paid any taxes because he doesn't take any salary. Yeah. So. That's interesting. Yeah, he's been doing a lot of uh, uh, interesting stuff with Twitter. Like he's suddenly become more active again. Uh, you, you saw that the world hunger tweet also, right? <laughs> yeah, but I felt it was taken out of context by the main media houses, Bloomberg and all that. Because mm-hmm. when I went to Instagram, everyone was hitting on Elon Musk, saying that uh, he's not going. He's just pretending. He just does not want to donate, even if he donates six billion. It will make such a huge impact and all that. But they took it out of context because the way the Twitter, like the whole thread, played out was someone challenged uh, something. Right? They said that if Elon yeah. Musk sells six, billion, I mean, they, they, there was like a article or some something that basically said like we need six billion dollars to yeah. to solve world hunger. It's like and Elon Musk earns that like with I don't know in a day or something. Yeah. So it's like fine. I'll be I'll be more than happy to donate six billion, but just. Make it transparent. Show us where uh, every dollar is going, and I'll be happy to do that. And yeah. if anyone can do it, it'll be him, right? Like yeah. he, he'll be more than happy to sell his, his donate that six billion dollars, uh, if if it's done in the right way. So, very, very interesting. It's that's that's. I think this is Web three, right? I think it is possible to make the public ledger of each and every dollar, right? To to the uh, even the cent uh, amount because of the the Web three or like the blockchain stuff, right? Yeah. That's what Bitcoin basically uh, is. It's a ledger, public ledger. Anyone can see where the transactions are. And, I was uh, reading. I was reading more on Web 3.0 and like um, I think Jack, not Jack. What's his name? Jack only, right? Uh, Twitter's founder. He tweeted right, like Dorsey. how banks, Jack Dorsey, how uh, uh, banks will become redundant in 10, 15 years when. Everything is on Web 3.0, and all the transactions are going through um, uh, because it will be a more efficient approach to uh, not just investing but also like transacting. And banks currently they they are just middlemen, right? So Web 3.0 will make it easier. Absolutely. What are your thoughts? Like, um, I had to do a wire transfer, uh, and apparently you can't do wire transfer at least with my bank PNC, which is not like a uh, you know, it might not be the first, like the top bank in the US, but it's in the top three, right? Yeah. Chase, Bank of America, PNC, probably. They uh, they d- don't allow like wire transfers on 
on like online. You have to go into a branch, give a bunch of details, and then they will do a wire transfer for it. Wasn't even a bigger big amount. It was like you know a few thousand dollars. So it's and it uh, so I realized that uh, at around like five o'clock, uh, the bank closes at five thirty, and I went to the bank and told them, "Can can will it be transferred today?" They're like, no, it'll happen in the next business day because I think this they stop uh, taking all the wire transfers at around 2 p.m. or something like that. 2 yeah. p.m. or 4 p.m. Eastern time. So like this is like crazy. When when the markets are uh, not markets, but like the you know, like the, the network, the banking network is 24-7. I understand when there was like a physical check which was transferred from one branch to another and like there were trucks carrying the money but now it's all digital and it still takes you know like 24 hours to do a simple transaction wire transfer transaction yeah i i can see a see the point like there is some um that the traditional system needs to update fast it has update quite a bit for sure but i think it's it still needs to update much much yeah in uk i think most of my friends they have so this this term called neo banking which is just online banking without any physical uh what do you call stores uh, or banks yeah. right um so i feel almost most of my friends have a neo bank account at this point compared to a traditional so the traditional banks here are NatWest, Lloyds, um, HSBC, those are the three big ones here. But at this point in UK, uh, most people have Starling or else uh, Revolut or mm. I forgot the other one, Monzo. So the three neo banks, they are like, they are just online banks. I have a Starling card bank account, right? What, what they have such a great platform. They let you track expenses, everything you can put uh, make buckets out of your like how do you want to spend your money automa mm -hmm. everything the verification account was created within 24 hours everything online they just took my photo and all that it's mm -hmm. brilliant so yeah. they are trying to improve on the existing uh framework but web 3.0 is taking it a step further right yeah web web 3.0 is basically like you know how you post a message on on your facebook account it'll be like sending money uh, like that, I think, right? That's like, you can do it anytime, anywhere to anyone, I think. And it's, it's much more, um, like easier to send even fractional amount, right? <laughs> For this wire transfer, by the way, they were charging about $25. Right to do a wire transfer. I was like, uh, I had like free wire transfer. I have like three wire transfer free every month, so they didn't charge me for it. But it's again such a redundant system. Um, I, I I can see I can see where the traditional banks will have to upgrade. At least it won't be the same as what we we've been you know seeing in the you know last 15, 20 years. The banks will drastically change in the next twenty years than it it has in the last twenty years. So yeah. uh, definitely I mean, fintech. And you can see like so many startups in fintech, right? Like the APFication uh, of the whole payment system through Stripe, which is like valued at such a high multi-billion dollar, right? I don't know if it's it across like $100 billion, but it's definitely like in, in the billions. So, yeah. With the traditional banks, I think they will keep existing. Lindy effect again, like Medici, whatever they started 16th, 17th century and the banks right. like the main framework has been still going on so they will like evolve with as things go so they are not going anywhere but they will need to evolve for sure yeah yeah and it's uh, and they are serving like the the 
the masses right um, the digit, digital money is is growing like an exponential rate but i think there is still like a lot of people who are underbanked right the, these are the, the these are the bank who have the networks and everything to help them uh, you know the serve the underbank at least yeah. so yeah I, I, they they will exist but uh, the market share they are constantly bleeding i feel cool um I think that's enough. I know, a lot of banking talk. For yeah, I know that's what I was saying. Let's let's plan for it, but yeah, hmm. let's get started with today's episode. Today's episode is a rerun of our existing episode, um, which was on how much money do you need uh, to retire. So we discussed in depth about things that you need to consider to set your financial goals. Uh, in terms of retirement, you cannot like. you you cannot be goalless and keep earning right because if you don't have an end goal why are you even making money right now uh so we discussed that like how much money do you need uh, to retire it was based on a tweet twitter thread by 10k diver uh where he had done an in depth uh, analysis on like how do you go about calculating that um the key takeaways uh, to just summarize what we discussed is how do you set up your financial in- independent financial independence goal uh for example how much money do you need to retire and how do you set that goal by making reasonable assumptions about expenses inflation withdrawal rates and so on uh and then how do you build a portfolio based on the set goal of savings and investing and then withdrawal rate as well right because um, how do you uh if you keep saving and investing at what rate should be withdrawing we discussed that as well and then finally how do you track your progress against the set goal from time to time so we discussed these key ideas in the episode um and as i said this is a rerun of the episode uh, so we did not record the video so this is the only time you'll see our uh, ugly faces but after this it will be just audio uh, for our listeners on youtube uh but before we start again uh, with the episode as always if you like cold brew money please hit the subscribe button we are on youtube as well share it with your friends and family it helps us a lot to grow and make this podcast even better uh and we are also on twitter instagram at @coldbrewmoney where you can reach out with ideas questions or anything else uh but let's let's get started with today's episode Cool, Atit. Let's get started. How much money do you need to retire? <laughs> yeah, the ultimate question, right? Yeah, isn't that the question we're trying to? Uh, everything revolves around that, right? Like we want to retire, right? Or we go to work. At least a lot, majority of the people go to work so that they have enough money so that they can quote unquote retire. Yeah, or be financially independent. right yeah um so sh- so short answer so pe- for people in a hurry it's basically whatever your annual expenses are multiply that by 25 right and if you have that much money right now in a well diversified portfolio you're financially independent basically so if your um, annual expenses let's say 100000 uh, to keep you know round figures if your annual expenses is 100000 multiply that by 25 that's 2.5 million dollars if you have 2.5 million dollars in a well diversified portfolio boom you can quit your job tomorrow and just live off of whatever that portfolio will generate right that's mm. it 
Uh, but you know that that's the short answer. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who's the easier, more efficient, yeah, the more answer. efficient. Obviously, there are like lots of different parameters that goes into coming up with the ideal nest egg egg that you need uh, to retire. But yeah, basically, what what does being retired mean? What what does it mean to you, Tapan? To me, it means not having to work. this job <laughs> <laughs> yeah not having to work for money right yeah that yeah more, more than that yeah like uh, having time to do what i really want to do so like uh, financial freedom but that's financial freedom retirement is having financial freedom for me at this point so uh, yeah retirement is essentially just doing things that i like doing right now in my free time but full time yeah yeah exactly like having time is the most precious commodity right so if you can if you have enough money where you do you know you could basically not go to work and utilize that time to do things that you want to do travel the world or spend it with you know friends family that definitely yeah that, that's also what i mean by retirement also and that could happen at any age right it doesn't it's not like you know the government has defined retirement age as 65 right but that's that's uh, an outdated way to look at it uh, retirement can happen at any age um yeah so like like we said right we touched upon this in order to come up with that ideal number the one thing that you need to know is your annual expenses when you will reach your retirement age right if you right. know that number which is difficult to gauge for sure but you should be able to find like an you know estimate of it break down where those expenses will go when you are you know whenever you want to retire what kind of expenses you might have come up with that number yeah um so that would be step 1 come up with that annual expenses at least an estimate of it you don't have to be you know like yeah. decimal point correct but a back of the envelope calculation will also help you get to that magic number the expenses will also depend on what age you are planning to retire is that a component of it because if i am 65 then like i'll have more expenses towards like my family or something like that if i am retiring at 40 again i'll have my family expenses but at the same time i personally will be traveling like more and doing stuff that i want to do so you know yeah. that the expenses would be dependent on that yeah yeah absolutely like if you're older uh, there will be more medical expenses compared to you know discretionary expenses where if you're younger there will be more discretionary expenses like travel and you know um all of those so yeah for sure like it depends when you want to retire right um but yeah even that like you you pick a number right let's say you want to retire at the age of 50 right you should be able to find online what an average um you know cost of that at that that age is uh, obviously it differs per individual but at least that's a good starting point i think like and and also pick a location are you going to retire like in a low cost uh, low I was cost just thinking area? about that yeah <laughs> you're going to it'll be very different for someone retiring in you know one of the villages in gujarat compared to like a bay miami francisco area <laughs> or miami yeah <laughs> so um yeah like uh, location the age that you want to retire and try to come up with a number that you will need that that would be your expenses right now the second step okay so that's step 1 that's yep. step 1 now step 2 is to determine a withdrawal rate right what that means is mm. how much uh, you need to come up uh, 
your your portfolio should be uh, able to pay for those expenses right those annual expenses that you just came up with that number your portfolio should be big enough to pay for those expenses right on its own mm. right so withdrawal rate is what uh, you need to to get to that magic number so a good withdrawal rate is 4% right with there has been um, numerous studies that has been that have been done and an ideal um, withdrawal rate is around 4% right that withdrawal from your okay you are telling what it means <laughs> yeah go ahead yeah. what it means is that uh, your portfolio should be big enough so that if you take 4% out of that portfolio it should be equal to the annual expenses right so portfolio by portfolio you mean uh, my investment savings everything included everything yeah your your portfolio as in uh, you know like your portfolio could contains stocks that you've invested in your bonds that your fixed deposits uh, your properties rental income if you have all of that is a portfolio right okay uh, and out of that you are um, removing 4% withdrawing yeah. 4% yeah annually. let's say every year i i remove 4% i sell 4% of my portfolio right that when i sell that 4% it should equal uh, it should give me enough uh, cash flow that i can pay off all the expenses for that year okay got it so to give so, you an example uh, mm-hmm. portfolio 4% withdrawal is at your retirement age that should be the portfolio that you yes so if you want to retire at 50 uh, your portfolio should be big enough uh, that 4% will pay off all the expenses Uh, at the age of at 50. that age okay that we calculated in step 1 got it yes yes so uh, to give an example let's say your annual expenses are 100k right uh, 1 lakh uh, withdrawal rate you set as 4% and that that would mean that you need a po- total portfolio of um, 2.5 million right because uh, for 2.5 million uh, for, sorry that means 4% of 2.5 million is equal to 100 thousand right yeah so if i have a portfolio of 2.5 on january 1st i remove for i sell 4% of my portfolio that will give me 100000 now for the rest of the year i can use that money to pay off whatever my annual expenses are maybe whatever mortgage my food living travel all of that cost got it so if you are going to spend so the year is 2060 you're going to spend 100000 for the year mm. your portfolio should be 2.5 million because to like uh, 4% of 2.5 million is 100000 that should take care of your expenses for the year 2060 right right got yeah. it but like i feel calculating the annual expenses it's like it's such a big part but at the same time such a tricky part we'll discount whatever expenses we will have at that age because yeah. most of our judgment will be based on what we are spending right now so i'm guessing a lot of people might um under calculate their expense right yeah yeah you're right like you you tend to be if you are an uh, optimistic person you will you will under uh, calculate your actual expenses might be way more than 100000 you're right um so in order to do that you can come up with a range of the withdrawal rate right so instead of 4% you say you'll withdraw only 2% of your portfolio right if you okay. have if uh, and your annual expenses still 100k right and you are withdrawing only 2% of your portfolio that means that your portfolio should be will have to be like uh, uh, almost uh, like 5 million. million yeah 5 million right yeah. so because 2% of 5 million is 100000 so that way you can 
you know you can gauge like or else if you are optimistic you could say like you know i'll i'll withdraw like uh, 6% and that way your total portfolio will have to go down so you can come up with a range of those withdrawal rates and and build a model for your retirement right again these are back of the envelope calculation this is there's no exact science right that's an art. yeah but at the same time these calculations are very important right because mm-hmm. if you're saving and you don't have a saving goal like why are you saving like that's the first question you should ask you should be asking right like what's the end goal of your savings and investment right so even though these are like uh, i think most people would think these are okay obvious things but i haven't done this right at least like how much do i need to retire i know when do i want to retire and what i need to do right now to retire hmm. but i don't know how much money i might need when i retire right so right. yeah you yeah. you've done this before you you've had this calculation yes yeah um so this number right initially when i said annual expenses multiply that by 25 and you can retire right now if you have that much money was from automatic millionaire uh the book automatic millionaire okay um that's it's on like the the first page itself like you don't read the rest of the book if this is the number that you're looking for because if you have that much uh, money you can safely uh, obviously there the range of possible outcomes of things that could happen uh, is is wide endless yeah is is very wide but this will at least give you a directional you know head post that this, this is where i want to go like map is not a territory uh, mental model if we had to apply yeah, yeah. here right you know that you have to north is this way right you don't exactly know what the road looks like but at least you get a big goal post so th- that that that's the idea of coming up with with a, a rough number because like if you don't have this number right you could you could be like okay you don't know if you need 10 million 100 million or like 100000 you don't really know what you need but now you have an estimate that you need between 2 million to 5 million right that's that's if you have that much you will be able to pay off at least uh, your your average expenses right okay makes sense so we we thought of what we need to what our expenses will be when we retire and how much our withdrawal rate will be for the year we've come with that mm-hmm. now comes the important part right how do you get there to that amount yeah so what's the process for that yeah right so we for, for this example uh, we need 2.5 million as our portfolio right. how to reach to that portfolio there are three ways to reach there right one is pure saving you just save uh, 2.5 million dollars right uh, you are just like put a 2.5 million right now and you're done yeah or or let's say you want to retire after 20 years right you have 20 years to save 2.5 million okay hmm. another way is pure investing okay you whatever you've saved up so far you invest it you generate returns on it so that in the next 20 years by the time you your you have reached your retirement age your your portfolio will grow to 2.5 million right okay so there are two ways pure saving pure investing but the most realistic is the combination of the two right where you're you've saved something uh, and you're investing that savings and you're getting your money is working uh, to generate for you yeah. yeah if we have to let's let's explore these three scenarios right let's say if you just want to save you're very conservative you don't invest in stocks and you know you don't want to do all of that right you just want to save money right so uh let's assume you've saved up to 200k so far and you so you need 2.3 million you 
before you can actually retire right yep uh if you that means that you need to save up to 115k every year right it's not easy unless you have a very high income right but 115k okay 115k yeah you need to save that okay that's not your uh, like salary or anything this is like after all your liabilities you have to save 115k if you have like a million dollar uh, salary sure might be easy not too difficult for you right <laughs> yeah. uh, but your savings rate has to be very high to do that right to reach that so um, it's difficult it's not easy at all right but you sh- you could be you could do that without investing anything if you are able to save 115k right let's look at pure investing right so um, the first one was pure savings where you just saving directly no investments and for our 25 uh, sorry 2.5 million goal for retirement we've already saved 200k so now you are saving 115 per year okay yeah if 115 per year will get you to 2.5 uh, total yep. in next 20 years right yep that was pure saving school yeah now let's say pure investing okay you've invested 200k okay now you're not investing a single money uh, dollar okay for the next 20 years until you retire you're only hoping that this 200k uh, will generate enough return in the next 20 years that when i want to retire it will be worth 200 2.5 million dollars the portfolio will be 2.5 uh, million dollars right okay so the 200k that we in the pure savings we just put it and then we save 2.3 million more here what we are doing with the same 200k we are just investing that yeah okay you are investing it and you are not putting a single uh, money more into that okay investment account okay okay um so to to do that for the next 20 years you'll have to your 200k has to uh, generate a return of 13% every year okay uh, to hmm. reach to reach to 2.5 million so your 200k if it generates 13% every year in 20 years your portfolio from 200k will grow to 2.5 million right that's easy bitcoin went 467% this year yeah Uh, if, if only it goes up every for the next twenty years at the same rate, then we don't need to work. No one needs to work who owns some Bitcoin, right? But that's not realistic, right? The U.S. market in general has given a return of about seven to eight percent, and you're asking your money to grow at thirteen percent, which okay. you're a brilliant investor, sure, maybe, but uh, you know, you it's it's better to. Uh, um, use the base rate mental model here where you look what the average return is and uh, and you see like average return is 72 uh, 7 to 8% not yep. 13% so if you put like your 200k right now in an index fund and considering it's like the S&P whatever so the average return is 78% so yeah. you loan that much uh, if you are just investing you're doing the pure investing thing okay yeah. Yeah, and this is historically looking right. And the next yeah, decade, yeah. a lot of estimates have been like, we might just earn one to two percent. The portfolio, like S and P five hundred, will only grow to by one to two percent because it has run up so much that in the next decade it will just consolidate. Again, that is a topic for a different uh, different episode probably. But uh, let's say we since we have twenty uh, years. maybe the next decade might not be great but the decade after that will give will grow so that the average return is again 7 to 8% right okay 
Okay. Now let's look at the more more realistic one, like combination of saving and investing. Um, where basically basically you you're uh, saving your income, you're saving and investing whatever you've saved, right? Okay. So your investment account is also growing every year, and here the basic basic thing is that you need to uh, have a high savings rate. If you have a high savings rate, you're not dependent so much on the investment returns. Hmm. Right. Okay. So, so cutting down your current expenses so that in the future you can hit your expense goal. Yeah, uh, that plus uh, whatever money that you're putting right now is also working for you is is uh, generating return, and then hmm. next year also you are putting new money that will also generate returns. Right. So uh, you it's it's basically like starting the compounding machine uh, early. that way and it's enough you don't have to rely instead of relying on the the return of investment percent you're relying on the time right you have uh, you're putting money to work as soon as possible and you regularly putting money to work every year you're putting some money uh, into the compounding machine yeah okay that makes sense so essentially what if a lot of people are um doing right now or hopefully they are doing right now so that's the the best approach to do but essentially saving more right now and starting to invest right now yeah yep yep okay yeah man like whenever i think about all these stuff i always feel bad that i did not started like investing when i was in dj or college like even putting money in ft or something like that back then yeah if i had the brain to do that Mm, it would have been nice. Yeah, I think Warren Buffett or someone said, right? I he start he bought his first stock at the age of thirteen, and he said I was too late. So yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that was the episode about like how much dollar do you need to retire? So Ati, do you want to bring the whole episode home? Like, what were the key takeaways? Sure. Like, um, first idea is you need to. uh set a goal for yourself like you like in this case the example that we discussed was like to have a portfolio of 2.5 million dollars in the next 20 years right that's a goal okay the important thing is that this is a a very high level uh goal right this is not the exact amount but it will give you it will put you in the ballpark right you don't know the exact uh destination but you you are in the directionally correct right your right so uh, and you can come up with this goal by you know uh, making a reasonable assumption about your expect uh, you know expenses at the age of retirement your withdrawal rate which is what we discussed 4% is a good rule of thumb there has been uh, you know re- recent research done where 4% is you know not the correct number but it should be like 2% or in and in some countries it should be 6% so we'll I you know we'll post the links to all of those articles in the description if you want to learn more about it but for now like 4% is a good rule of thumb to follow okay um second idea is that you figure out a combination of uh, savings and investing uh, that will get you you know uh, which will get you from your current state to your goal right how much right. what how much should be your savings rate figure out the combination of savings and investing which will get you from your current state to your goal 
and the third idea is uh, periodically track your progress towards the goal from time to time you may need to modify the goal itself um after all like deciding on the goal is not an exact science right it's more of an art and a large part of it is based on personal preference circumstances which can change over time right so um yeah be mindful of that and i hope whatever we discussed today uh, helped we will put uh, more more resources and links uh, and retirement calculators there has been so many retirement calculators on on online that you can use to figure out how much money you actually need to be financially independent or quote unquote retire yep that was it for this episode as atit said we will link the tweet storm from 10k diver in the description below and while you are on twitter you can also follow cold to money we have a page there we share a uh, similar tweets like every day so if you follow us that would help us again and if you like this episode please feel free to share it with your friends if you share it on any social media feel free to tag us our handles on all social media it's cold brew money you can also email us at coldbrew.money@gmail.com For now these are your host Aditya Tapan and this is Cold Brew Money.